1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Uh, Craig Schaup here with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. Bob, how are you doing today on this Monday morning? I'm
0: doing wonderfully. Happy Monday.
1: Yeah, well, and you had a full slate of movies last week, so we'll get right to it. Uh, First off was the the big winner of the weekend was Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to the uh, 2018 surprise box office hit. Um, Bob, did you like the first Venom movie, and what did you think about Let There Be Carnage?
0: Well, I didn't much care for the first Venom movie. Um, The good news is that the sequel is better. Okay. Um, The action is a little bit crisper, and uh, Woody Harrelson's villain is better than um, than Riz Ahmed's evil industrialist. I think. Like, uh, I know this series is arguably not MCU, but the MCU has a lot of evil industrialists industrialist villains
1: right <laughs>
0: so I'm, I'm glad i'm glad we are aren't at least getting another one of those this time
1: yeah well and this is a brisk hour and a half movie yes it so is not your typical superhero fare where you see two hour plus run times um i'm assuming that kind of works to his advantage maybe a little bit less is more when you're talking about runtime on movies that yeah maybe aren't really going for that uh you know that storytelling method uh, what did you like about uh, Let There Be Carnage, maybe compared to that first see You know, the first one was under two hours as well, but that seemed like it was a mess. This one, maybe it's a mess, but it's a little bit shorter of a mess. Yeah, I think this one's
0: a little bit more uh, more merciful.
1: <laughs> anything stand out about it? I mean, I know you Woody Harrelson, obviously, you know, you Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy kind of likes playing this character. You can kind of tell. Yes, yes, he, he does. He's found some sort of an affinity for it. Um, otherwise, I don't know that he would, you know, really want to continue doing this character. But um, anything stand out about this sequel that maybe you liked and, and maybe you're surprised about?
0: Not really. I mean, Tom Hardy has, uh, has pretty good chemistry with himself as Venom. Yep. Um, you say his character, but it's really character and then parentheses s closed parentheses.
1: Right. Um, you know, it, it's sort of been like an odd couple character uh, with he and Venom going at it, like an old married couple almost. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, they're like they're like bickering roommates, basically.
1: Right. Um, you know, obviously... With Woody Harrelson in there, I mean, do they have good exchanges? Or, I mean, Woody Harrelson's always fun. Tom Hardy's fun, obviously, in this Venom role. Um, I know that I've heard that they've gone a little bit more the comedy route, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, maybe not taking it as serious as the first one, maybe tried to. does that, did that, did that come, kind, of, kind of come across to you as well? or it's a,
0: it, it is, they, they do. Uh, it is a little more comedic this time around. Um, and it's a step in the right direction. I'm still not sold on the character overall, but right. uh, at least uh, just the first movie was so terrible. I think I, <laughs> if I didn't give it a C, I might've given it a D if not a C minus.
1: Okay. Um, you know, it. Obviously, this movie is making money, um, even during a pandemic, so it looks like this, uh, this character will continue to live on here. Obviously, there are some uh, post-credit scenes that we've heard about uh, that will maybe continue this character in other realms as well, but uh, do you see this, the staying power of this franchise? I mean, the money seems to be there. Tom Hardy seems to enjoy this character. I mean, do you see this uh, becoming a three, four, five, six film franchise?
0: I, I hope not. I um, I hope to see this in a in a crossover with Spider-Man, right? Um, and then I hope for and then maybe you know he shows up as part of a team effort. But uh, I'm really not looking forward to any more Venom standalone movies.
1: All right. Um, and what was your final grade here for Let There Be Carnage?
0: I give this one a C. Uh, I probably would have given it a C minus, except that uh, it is so much of an improvement over the first.
1: All right, well, uh, let, there you go. Ninety million dollars at the box office. Yes, uh, that I like. That's a big, uh, a big return. Yes. Um, we'll transition here to one of the movies that maybe kind of failed at the box office. Was the Many Saints of Newark? This is a prequel Sopranos movie. Um, not sure if you're a Sopranos fan, Bob. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Many Saints of Newark.
0: You know, I tried to get into The Sopranos for the first season, and for whatever reason, it just wasn't clicking with me. Um, I think it's because I was too young.
1: Okay.
0: Um, it, it's not because I was too um, too, too young to handle the, the language and the violence and such, but it, just that I was too young to really appreciate the themes that sure. it was going for. But, uh, but it was something I could never really get into. And uh, the movie is a lot less about Tony Soprano than the advertising would would make it seem, right. and uh, it's more about uh, his uncle Dicky, uh, Christopher's father, uh, the um, father of uh, of Tony's so called nephew, um, which was which was confusing because Tony keeps referring to him as an uncle, right. but he's actually a first cousin of the woman who would later become his wife. So it's definitely not a blood relation. It's not even, yeah, it's not definitely not a blood relation, uh, even though he's not married to Camilla in this one, uh, which really, I think, throws things off as far as uh, how they are or are not related.
1: Well, I'm glad you explained that because I've, I've seen a few episodes of The Sopranos, never really gotten into it. So a nice explainer there for you now. Yeah, you're right. This is a sort of a, you know, the rise of Tony Soprano, teenage Tony Soprano played by, um, Michael Mm -hmm. Gandolfini's son. Um, how do you think he handles this role here playing a a role that his father made very famous?
0: I mean, he's, he's fine, but there's, um, there's not, I'm not going to say there's nothing to the character, but there's not much to the character right. uh, in this movie. Although I can kind of see uh, the uh, the resemblance there, so I could kind of see where um, this kid physically could could grow up to look like Tony Soprano. Right. So I guess that's always helpful. Um, I did I did like the new characters though. Um, uh, Uncle Dicky, played by Alessandro uh, Nivoli, I think is the guy's name. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a really good actor, and it's it's a well crafted character. Um, there's also a um, a woman who's uh, plays the wife of um, of Uncle Dickie's character. She's um, I think married to Ray Liotta's character for a while. Ray Liotta actually plays two characters in this movie: uh, the father of Dicky and the uncle of Dicky. Right. And, uh, and she's married to the father of Dicky for a while. And, uh, and she's a pretty good character, too. She comes over from, from Italy and um, she gradually uh, acclimates herself to, to America. So those, those two new characters are good. Um, you know, it seemed like everybody else in the movie was just cameoing as familiar Sopranos characters for the sake of cameoing as Sopranos characters. Well,
1: it's kind of unfortunate, too. Seems like a waste of, of a cast. I mean, you've got John Bernthal... Vera Farmiga, uh, Corey Stalls in here, uh, Ray Liotta, obviously Michael Imperioli. I mean, so it's kind of a, a nice who's who of character actors and and a lot of people that you know you would probably notice, especially if you're a fan of film. Um, overall, anything good stand out about the, the Many Saints of Newark? I mean, was there anything worthwhile in this film?
0: Yes, the the performances by um by by Liotta, by the actress playing the. Um or not uh, Leota, but uh, Nivoli, um, the actress uh, playing the the um, the father's wife, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. He's he's in this too, and he's pretty good. Right. He's uh, he's a um, a rival gangster, um, you know, a former soldier now turned rival. Sure. The uh, Soprano family.
1: Okay. Overall, uh, what's your final grade for the many saints of Newark?
0: B minus. This was the the movie this weekend that I actually liked the most.
1: Okay. Well, uh, this was the movie that you liked the most. Let's uh, move on here to something, I guess, completely different as we, you know, shed the calendar. I like the least, yes. Yes. We shed the calendar of the month of October, so that means we're going to get quite a bit of Halloween fare. And uh, the first one added is The Addams Family 2. This is an animated sequel uh, to the animated film a few years ago. Um, George... I didn't really see the first one. I'm, I'm not really a huge Adams Family fan in general. So tell us a little bit about this sequel and whether or not it was worth making.
0: Well, I'm actually a, a big Adams Family okay. fan, um, especially of the Broadway show that was out a few years ago. I actually, um, yeah, I got to uh, see the show, and uh, later I got to buy the actress who played Wednesday a drink. So that was, uh, so that was really nice. <laughs>
1: So what about uh, the this sequel, this animate? I mean, was it a good idea for them to animate the Adams family to begin with? And now we have a sequel out, uh, you know, is any of this working?
0: Well, I suppose it's a good idea to to animate them, given how over the top they are. Uh, you know, some of their antics would be kind of hard to, sure. to pull off uh, in live action. Although Barry Sonnenfeld did it uh, pretty, pretty well uh, back in the early 90s. Right. But um yeah, in this film, they go on a road trip, as uh, as Wednesday contemplates whether she's related to them. Oh, which which I thought was kind of a kind of a hard to buy storyline because first of all, she looks a lot like her mother, right? Patricia, played by Charlize Theron, and the other is, you know, given her morbid sense of humor and and you know just general mannerisms, how is she not an Adams? Right. Yeah, that's just such a. Convoluted plot device,
1: yeah.
0: Um, But uh, we get a villain played by Bill Hader, who I who I always like.
1: Oh yeah, Bill Hader is great. Yeah,
0: but uh, but yeah, but just this movie never really, never really came together for me. Just uh, I mean, there's they throw a lot of gags at the screen, and maybe one out of every five hits.
1: Right. Was this any better? Did you like the original uh, animated film from a few years ago, or? Was that also a big swing and a miss?
0: I'd say I'd say they're they're about equal as far okay. as being swings and misses. Yeah,
1: well, and it's another one of those uh, good voice casts, but maybe not a good movie around it with Oscar Isaac, Charlie Theron, you know, Chloe Grace Moretz is in there uh, as Wednesday. Nick Kroll lends his voice. Bill Hader, of course, is great. Um, overall, what was your uh, final grade here for the Adams Family Two?
0: C minus, which I believe is the same grade I gave the first one. Um, I understand that the new Hotel Transylvania movie had to uh, bump itself out of uh, Halloween contention, I guess, to make room for this movie. And I think that's a mistake. I would have much rather gotten this movie or uh, the Hotel Transylvania movie now and and have this
1: bumped to sometime
0: next year. Because I'd prefer to see that movie probably.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, those the Hotel Transylvania movies have been a little bit more original, I think. And, uh, you know, some, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan when he's doing his sort of buddy buddy team up comedies of all of his friends. But, the you know, the Hotel Transylvania movies have been good to look at. Usually they're, you know, they're light breezy. So, yeah, I can see what you're saying there with that. Um, but unfortunately, the Adams family, I guess, uh, won out here today. Um, what do you have coming up for us next week, George? George. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry. Another another show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Very good. Um, no time
0: to die, the new James yeah. Bond movie. I've been looking forward to that one for a long time. It was the first one uh, pushed back because yes, of it COVID last year.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I've been waiting a good uh, 16 months. No, 18 months for this movie. Yeah. Um. Also, um, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but uh, Titan or Titan, oh, okay. uh, French French horror movie, and yeah. uh, and th- and there's going to be um, another indie release or two in there as well.
1: Okay, yeah, very interested in Titan. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, did pretty well on the festival circuit too. So a lot of uh, a lot of high expectations for that one, Bob. I don't know, we'll see. But uh, obviously, No Time to Die, very exciting as well. So I can't wait to see that. Yep. All right, Bob, well, we definitely appreciate your time stopping by. We'll talk to you next week and have fun at the movies this week.
0: Thank you very much. This shows the highlight of my week.
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking
0: forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you.